0: You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Hi, Joan Salji Blake here. I can't believe that I am recapping season 6 a spot on, and we are wrapping up the year with over 95,000 plays. That's all thanks to you. We launched the sixth season asking Sangeita Pudan the million dollar question. Should you eat breakfast as a king and dinner as a pauper for better health and weight management? This was an explosive episode focusing on the role that your circadian rhythms play in your health. When you eat may be even more important than what you eat. Let's listen. Absolutely. So let's think about this, right? Let's say you you are a breakfast skipper and, you
1: know, this many of us who might do that. Again, probably because of the demands of our modern lifestyles. So let's say you skipped breakfast. There is a
0: hormone called ghrelin, which we alluded to earlier. This is your hunger hormone. And the longer you go without food, the higher ghrelin rises. So if you end up eating your first meal at, say, 2 p.m., Grillin has turned into a monster that's going to fill the room. In other words, you're going to be so ravenous, you're probably not going to care, which will clearly compromise your diet quality. Did we drink our way through the pandemic? For some, the answer is yes. Alcohol consumption increased by about 15% during the pandemic, with the highest Increase experienced by women. Dr. David Jernigan weighs in on this important issue in this episode. What I fear is going to happen is that we will have the usual amnesia that we have about alcohol problems. Alcohol kind of pokes its head up when a celebrity has a major problem or there's, you know, a tragedy involving a local young person. And then it disappears back into the wallpaper. And there is huge pressure all the time from the people who sell alcohol to weaken the way that it's regulated. This has happened during the pandemic. We're very concerned that those weakenings will continue and we'll see that rising trend of alcohol problems and consumption that was occurring before the pandemic uh, continue at perhaps an even greater pace afterwards. Can you create steaks, chicken, and dairy from plants? I mean, seriously? I spoke with Sharon Murray from the Good Food Institute and asked her to look into her crystal ball and tell us what the future of foods holds for us. This is absolutely fascinating.
1: The Plant-Based 2.0 movement is exploring thousands of other plant species. All of these plants have some amount of protein in them and have some other interesting characteristics. So some examples, if you look at Beyond Meat, they use pea protein as a protein base. Hmm. Uh, we've all hopefully seen some of these Oatly commercials. They're using oats in their oat milk. And then I just mentioned E-Just's eggs use mung beans. So these are some promising additional crops We're also seeing new ones like sunflower and duckweed, chickpea, uh, as well as algae and other aquatic plants. So the sky's the limit. There are so many plants on this planet that contain protein and that can be turned into some delicious uh, meat, egg, and dairy products.
0: You are what your
1: grandparents ate?
0: What? Your genes alone do not determine who you become. While the genetic information you inherited from your parents and grandparents is permanent, we now know your genes are constantly engaging in a dynamic interaction with their environment. Many different factors, including nutrition, influence how your genes are expressed. This is especially important when a couple is conceiving a baby. Hashtag, it takes two to tango. Let's listen.
1: Experts now are recommending at least three months before a couples even attempt to get pregnant, three months of preparation, and that's because the fetus is most vulnerable to environmental impacts like poor nutrition, stress, or trauma during the first eight weeks after conception, and most women don't know whether they are pregnant for at least part of that period. And from the male perspective, as we've said, the paternal role in pregnancy is most significant in the preconception period. It takes about three months for new sperm to develop and to fully mature.
0: What's the latest buzz about caffeine? Caitlin Dow from the Center for Science and the Public Interest sets us straight about the many positive health aspects of caffeine and what happens if you consume too much. Grab a mug and let's listen.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Caffeine in sleep is really what you hear about all the time. And you would think that there would be a ton of research on how caffeine affects sleep. But there aren't many studies that use realistic doses at reasonable times. So, there was one small study in regular caffeine users, and they took either a placebo or 400 milligrams of caffeine either six hours or three hours or immediately before bed on separate days. And compared to the placebo, they slept about an hour less no matter when they got the caffeine.
0: What is intuitive eating? I brought in the guru of this movement, Elise Resch, who's a registered dietitian and author and who was talking about intuitive eating way back in the 1990s. She tells us in this episode what
1: intuitive eating is
0: and what it isn't. Let's listen.
1: Uh, all foods are emotionally equivalent meaning that you feel the same whether you're eating broccoli or a piece of candy uh the same about yourself you don't have judgment it's having a healthy relationship with food means you don't judge yourself for your food choices it means that you feel satisfaction in your eating it means that you're tuned in to your body's hunger and fullness signals that you're respectful to your body it's pretty much covers all of the 10 principles of intuitive eating
0: Should you be eating fermented foods? Dr. Christopher Gardner from Stanford University explains how fermented foods such as kimichi, kombucha, and kefir make your gut bacteria very happy babies.
1: If we haven't eaten a lot of fiber and the microbiome guts are getting hungry, they actually tend to eat that mucus lining, which has a lot of carbohydrate in it. And we get thinning of this protective lining. And we think this is part of what leaky gut syndrome is about. I don't know if you've ever covered that on any of your snap-ons. But the other thing that this is related to is immune function. So this is probably pro-inflammatory. It raises our inflammatory state. So you want to keep these little guys and girls happy in your gut. Otherwise, they're just going to be starving and start eating you from the inside out a little bit.
0: I want to thank you so much for listening to season six of Spot On. We are launching season seven very soon with even more nutrition and health episodes that are, well, spot on. Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to Spot On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This way you'll get every new episode every week. And by the way, leave us a nice review. And can you also like us on our spot on Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes? Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joan Salgie Blake. And oh, by the way, can you send this episode to five of your friends? Do I ask a lot of you?